This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Sorry to start this episode with a bang, but before we get down to the whys and whats that led to the sudden U-turn of the government, which led to the withdrawal of the IT rules just hours after it was put up for public consultation, we wanted you to imagine a bustling crossroads and you're right at the intersection driving your car. There's a traffic signal, but here's the catch. No one knows what colour stands for stop, wait and go and everyone is left guessing the meaning of the colours. Sounds like a nightmare, right? Not to mention the perfect recipe for a spate of accidents. This is precisely the crossroads that India finds itself at with the proposed amendments to the IT rules which found itself in the spotlight earlier this month. It's not about to get any easier with the proposed amendments. The flip-flops certainly didn't help. On June 1st, Ministry of Electronics and IT or METI released the draft amendments for public comments on June 1st and just as stakeholders began to brood over it, just a few hours later on June 2nd, METI withdrew it. Then late last night, METI released the draft amendments once again for public comments with absolutely no change. The same draft has been reproduced. It is Tuesday, the 21st of June. I'm your host, Diyareki, and you are listening to Of Grievances, Takedowns and Tech Rules on The Morning Brief. Do tune in to ET Play, our latest platform for all audio content, including The Morning Brief. Why is this important? Because it governs social media platforms that you and I are so addicted to, be it Instagram, Twitter, Facebook or the countless others that are available. And much like this traffic signal at a crowded crossing, it makes a lot of sense to have it, but without the specifics of what stands for what, there's a chance of the intent being lost and chaos breaking out. So in today's episode, we speak to NS Napine, a Supreme Court advocate who is also the founder of the Cyber Sathi Foundation, and Pooja Tirke, a senior partner at Parinam Law, to understand what are the hits and also the big misses in the proposed rules and the implications of it for the vast, largely uncontrolled social media universe. Also, will this hamper free speech? Are we to see more aggressive takedowns of content by social media giants? And therefore, will the content we put out see drastic changes? Well, it affects all of us in more ways than you can imagine. So stay tuned. Let's start with the basics. Who is an intermediary and why were these guidelines put in place? Here's Pooja breaking it down for us. The intermediary guidelines were initially notified in February of 21. They came in against a backdrop of several complaints that were received both by the executive as well as the judiciary from citizens across the country that were unhappy or aggrieved about 
certain digital content that was being published on OTT and social media platforms. Um, and even otherwise, there was a need for India, you know, with its unique demographic and cultural diversity to ensure that content streamed on OTT platforms are compliant with Indian laws and sensitive to their most vulnerable viewers. What they did was elaborate certain guidelines uh, pertaining to due diligence that needs, needed to be observed by uh, intermediary platforms. Apart from that, also introduced a self-regulatory regime um, for the first time in India to regulate online digital content. Under this regulatory regime, uh, grievances can now be addressed through self-regulation at the level of the grievance officer as well as larger bodies that are formed by a number of intermediaries that would then go ahead and self-regulate grievances that come in from citizens. Now, if these intermediary guidelines were already in place in a country as large and diverse as ours, what was the need for amendments, right? Well, it isn't so simple. Internet law is an evolving space and there will be many iterations of the law as we go along. The amendments to the intermediary guidelines are not really drastic. Uh, they are a very natural progression of where the guidelines currently stand. There is no large compliance that has been introduced other than a 72-hour window for intermediary platforms to now take down offensive content. The new introductions through the amendment um, are essentially that it places a slightly higher burden on an intermediary platform to now ensure compliance of the provisions of the Act and also ensure that the users are now complying with those provisions. And uh, interestingly, it's brought in uh, a reference to the Constitution of India and requires intermediary platforms to now also honour and respect the rights that are accorded to citizens under the Constitution of India. I also wanted Napinay to give me an idea of what she felt about the amendments. The uh, immediate reaction that I had when I perused the um, intermediary guidelines uh, amendments that have been proposed was uh, positive. Uh, for instance, there is a proposal for introducing a grievance appellate committee. Often I have noted that the only remedy most users seek is for a takedown. They may not really be keen on pursuing litigation or even for getting justice through the criminal justice system. Whether this committee can be appointed merely through a rule-based mechanism or does it require a, a parliament-enacted law is something that will be decided through judicial review if someone were to complain about it. Until such time, at least the users have a remedy of this kind and therefore I believe it would be a good addition. Despite their otherwise positive feedback, both our guests did highlight several concerns with the ambiguity in the wording of these amendments. My uh, primary concern would arise uh, with respect to the proposed additions at Rule 3. So before I go into my concerns, if I can just explain what Rule 3 is about, you have it under the old 2011 intermediary rules also. It's due diligence to be exercised by an intermediary. 
so an intermediary could be any platform including a social media intermediary or a e-commerce platform or an app a chat app a microblogging site like twitter etc now they were just required to put up a notice setting out what is it that a user can and cannot do and that contained a lot of uh, sub clauses including with respect to defamatory or obscene content content which can be harmful to a child content which violates copyright or other intellectual property laws etc so you had a long list of course content which threatens the integrity or sovereignty of india and a lot of other aspects now what the 2011 uh, rules mandated was just that a notice had to be put up for users to explain to them the kind of content that they can upload and that they cannot upload now if you look at rule 3 under the intermediary guidelines of 20 or uh, 21 it effectively reproduces the old law and it left it open ended to the extent of just talking about prominently publishing and also the list in terms of what should be published if you look at the proposed changes two primary issues arise one is that it says that it is also now the duty of the intermediary to ensure compliance with the rule which means it is not just enough to give notice to the users but the intermediary has to ensure that the users are complying with it now how will they do that is again open ended so you already have a remedy which says that once information is brought to the notice of the intermediary with respect to the kind of content on the uh, site of the website or, or platform of an intermediary they have to act on it in a particular manner so the choice or chance is given to the platform that a grievance redressal officer may or may not act on a user's complaint if a grievance redressal officer does not act on a user's complaint then it is open for the user to then move other alternate remedies but the concern that arises is will that then amount to non compliance of rule 3 by an intermediary because technically they have been put on notice of particular content which may tomorrow be held to be violative of rule 3 and then one could then also argue that i brought it to the notice of the intermediary and yet they did not exercise due diligence and removal of that content similarly if you go to the two additions that have been made at the foot of 31 you will see that it's open ended and all the owners is left to the intermediary to figure out how and in what manner look at the wording the intermediary shall respect the rights accorded to the citizens under the constitution of india we all respect everybody's rights what do you mean by respecting the rights as opposed to enforcing the rights and what rights are we talking about law is very clear merely saying you have to respect me doesn't give you say, anybody any rights you have to respect me because of what because x y z law says so to respect the laws of the land is one thing to respect the rights accorded to citizens under the constitution of india is not a rule it is what i would term as a policy statement and a policy statement cannot be part of rules 
rules have to be specific to say what is it that somebody should do or should not do and how they should go about it it's very granular it is meant for protecting users fair point but by keeping it open ended it helps nobody Pooja too flagged this reference to the constitution as being vague and brought up an interesting point surrounding immunity of intermediaries. The biggest concern to my mind would be you know the reference to the constitution I'm not sure how a provision like that can be enforced. The other is also the issue of immunity. The IT Act currently confers an immunity on an intermediary against liability for any third party content that is made available or hosted by an intermediary platform essentially if an intermediary is hosting certain content that may turn out to be offensive as long as the intermediary is complying with the IT rules they are entitled to the immunity that is conferred on them by the act but uh, what seems to be unclear in the amendment is now how they would sort of respond to a takedown notice now if there was a takedown notice that came in or a complaint that came in or a request to take down certain content and if that content was not taken down or maybe not deemed a necessary to be taken down by an intermediary what would then happen to the immunity While we're on the topic of concerns, I had one specific point that I asked Napine. The guidelines state that grievance redressal officers have to act within 72 hours of receiving a complaint as opposed to 15 days. But here's what I didn't know. There is some fine print that they are mandated to act in 24 hours in some cases and this might be expanded to 72. if you look at the intermediary guidelines it introduces this provision that every uh, platform has to appoint an uh, a grievance or redressal officer and that officer has to f- at a first level receive complaints and if it pertains to certain kinds of offenses like revenge porn or uploading of child sexual abuse content or content that pertains to nudity etc then there is there is a takedown provision which has to be applied within 24 hours my concern is that the 24 hours stands expanded to 72 hours and it is not like it's actually laying down 24 hours 72 hours and then 15 days and that's not really conducive for user rights it's actually been done according to me at the behest of uh, platforms and it does not help users it is really imperative that we retain the 24 hour time frame for protection of user rights for the kind of content it was intended for and if the government feels it wants to give additional time for certain other kinds of content such as copyright or trademark infringement etc for 72 hours so be it but it cannot be that the 24 hours is going to now stand expanded to 72 hours and i would really want clarity with respect to this from the government on this aspect and yes if intermediaries can take down content in 24 hours and it's warranted not just from indian law it is also necessitated for instance based on australia's law then they can definitely act within 72 hours 
Both Napine and Pooja feel it was reasonable to expect social media firms to respond in 72 hours, especially in the context of a takedown request. But could all of this impact free speech? It's hard to tell at this stage. The parameters of what constitutes offending content under the rules are quite wide. And so we will have to wait and see how liberally or, you know, conservatively or moderately tribunal interprets them. While there is no absolute enjoyment of free speech guaranteed anywhere in the world, one can only hope that the restrictions on free speech in India will be reasonable and not suppressive. Okay, so could that mean that we'll see a more aggressive content takedown on such platforms going forward? I imagine there may be a more aggressive takedown of content by uh, social media firms. Firms could essentially react in two ways, either sort of more aggressively take down content or just leave it to the appellate tribunal and see how they are interpreting these provisions so that um, firms also now have a more fair perspective on what the scope of those parameters are. Because like we said, those parameters are so wide, almost anything could come within um, the definition of offensive content. Spider-Man famously said, with great power comes great responsibility. But we're changing that quote around at the morning brief. In the case of the proposed changes to the intermediary guidelines, grievance redressal officers have been entrusted with more responsibility. And here's Napine explaining how this could make them and their firms more powerful. Now the intermediary is being called upon to play the role of a regulator here, to decide what is right, what is not, to act like a court and to say, okay, I feel it is defamatory, therefore I will remove it or I feel it is not, therefore I will let it be. So that kind of powers in the hands of the intermediary by itself is very dangerous. We've already seen and we have heard a lot of arguments put forth, both pro and con, when it came to uh, redactation of certain kinds of tweets, or marking of certain tweets in a particular way, or flagging them in a particular manner, etc. Even that action was considered an intervention in terms of somebody's free speech. But content is tricky territory. What appeals to one section may be loathed by another. So could these broad guidelines be interpreted in ways that will only lead to a surge in complaints that these companies have to deal with? We have already seen, even before these intermediary guidelines have become law, the kind of trend in terms of the complaints that are arising. Shreya Singhal's judgment came out of the abuse of Section 66A of the Information Technology Act. And the Supreme Court struck down that ambiguous provision, saying that it was impinging on the fundamental right of free speech. What happened? You had a judgment from the Apex Court, from the Supreme Court in 2015. And in 2018, PUCL had to file another public interest litigation and ask for the implementation of the Shreya single judgment, saying that cases are still being registered under 66A. Move forward to 2020, despite PUCL's uh, case and the orders of the Supreme Court in it, The malaise continued. 
and you have now a news report today which says that section 66a has been removed from certain fires which have been registered now in 2022 so you have misuse and you have abuse even after a provision has been struck down and that was struck down for the very same reason we are discussing with respect to the intermediary guidelines which is ambiguity both our guests felt that a completely self regulatory model was not workable in india especially and there needs to exist some governmental intervention when it comes to intermediaries here's why i don't believe that social media can go unregulated first of all i think in a country like ours one needs to strike the right balance between self regulation and state supervision to ensure that the integrity of the viewing public is not repeatedly breached self regulation cannot totally replace government regulation in the media and communication sector because the state does ultimately retain the ultimate responsibility for protecting the public interest also i think that we are just beginning to experiment with internet law um i imagine there will be several iterations of the law before we arrive at the perfect balance that fits the indian context you can't shy away from regulation you can't have a utopian situation where you believe that you will continue to be only self regulated and that this is kind of like an intrusion if a government is attempting to regulate you every platform every technology every vertical has to understand that at some level they will move on to a regulatory framework and when they work together with the government or agencies and ensure robust regulations that's when the regulatory framework can be an enabler instead of it being a, a represent or, a, or something that will suppress growth it would be very wrong for us to assume that we are getting stringent regulations today for intermediaries or social media platforms because they didn't comply earlier because they did not do a good job with self regulation all i'm trying to answer is that you are getting regulations today because it's needed not because they deserve to be punished the proposed amendments to the intermediary guidelines have created quite a stir While some believe it could be a ploy for the government to control the social media narrative on these supremely powerful platforms that are only set to get more widespread as we speak of BSNL 4G and 5G rolling out, there are many others like our guests who feel that this isn't some sinister plan being hatched to control the narrative as much as it is to protect user interest. But if user interest is paramount, Why are we left scratching our heads about what constitutes as offensive under these guidelines and where do we draw the line about what isn't? Confusion and convincing don't go together. If the rules have to be convincing, the confusion will have to make way for clarity. And maybe that clarity will come once the deadline for public consultation is done. Till that happens, make sure to stay tuned. Thank you Napine and Pooja. I'm your host Dia Rekhi and you've been listening to of Grievances Takedowns and Tech Rules on the Morning Brief. 
This episode was produced by Bhavya Dilip Kumar from The Economic Times and Soundarya Jaychandran from Awaaz. Sound editors Rajesh Nayak from The Economic Times and Varun Kapahi from Awaaz. Executive producer Arijit Barman. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Thank you for listening and have a great day.